0: Welcome to By The Sword, where we discuss the modern study of historical European martial arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. In this episode, I talk to fight director and artist Sydney Schwint of True Edge Art in California, USA. We discuss how stage combat and theatre links historical fighting to modern veterans in fascinating ways, as well as the enduring appeal of swords in art. The recording took place 29 January 2023.
1: Sydney Schwint, uh, True Edge Art, a very talented uh, artist and uh, also a fight director. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, so um, we had a little chat beforehand, and I'm so sorry for waking you up so early. I didn't realize you were on the, on the West Coast. So it's like, what, 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning there?
2: in the morning but you know i i should be awake you Just know 40 rule the world we gave them so much power it's it's civilized it's civilized enough i think um
1: so <laughs> you're in california in the the san francisco bay area you said
2: um yep.
1: lovely place i've visited it once absolutely loved it there um and you're originally from colorado that is very true, yes. Okay, so um, how did you
2: get into swords? What happened? I mean, who doesn't love swords?
1: <laughs> You'd be surprised, actually. It isn't everyone.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, they're not the people I associate with, I guess. <laughs> God, uh, you know, I was like a super nerdy theatre kid. And, right. like, loved theatre. And then my freshman year of high school... My theater teacher decided that he was going to teach stage combat, which I don't know if he had, like, if he had any uh, prerequisites to do that. But he brought in swords and was like, we're going to go to high schoolers and see what happens. And I almost stabbed my best friend's eye out. We're still best friends to this day. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he has both of his eyes. Uh, but it was so much fun. I was like, this is great. This is part of theater. I get to swing swords around and and act like I'm in Lord of the Rings. I'm so into this. Um, so that kind of like sparked a little bit of love. And then I started trying to pursue it as like, once I went to college trying to find courses and and then it just kind of kept rolling. So a teacher who may or may not have been qualified
1: to teach it, uh, brought some swords in and let kids wreak havoc i guess and you had a bonding experience with your best friend where you nearly stabbed their eye out um yep.
2: just so. how you stay friends for life you know
1: and that that was that was your uh inciting incident as they say uh what what followed did you, did you then decide you know you're a fight director what's the what's the career roadmap for that how did that happen
2: yeah so i mean high school, fell in love with it, was like, this is fun, but there's, you know, you're in high school, there's too much else going on in life. Um, but and I, I remembered how much I loved that. And I Google search age combat training, I think, when I was in college. And I found the the Society of American Fight Directors, and their website at the time, was uh it, it was a uh, not super stellar but they had a a summer training workshop which still happens today the national stage combat workshop and i signed up for just you know the the beginning route the actor com- combatant training and i Is
1: that uh, sorry to interrupt is that the okay. same thing as the Paddy Crean workshop is that the same one It's not
2: the same one but okay. the Patty- great yeah yes. Okay sorry Oh no no we love the Patty Crane. I haven't been yet, but many of my friends have gone and it's on my list. I don't wanna go. Yeah, same. Uh, right. It's a uh, no, it's 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 in the summer usually always. And isn't Patty Crane in the winter? Yes, you're right, it is, yeah. Yeah, this one's generally always the summer so it aligns with people's school schedules. Um but it's three weeks. It used to be in North Carolina and now it's in Louisiana and um you spend three weeks people call it fight camp you know everyone's just super nerdy for swords and as in the actor combatant route you work on um rapier and dagger long sword and unarmed combat and work for some certifications in there which requires 30 hours of training and then you perform a scene at Mm -hmm. the end with the fight in it um it's. You know a lot of fun did that and was like this is great and then my first actor job that i got hired for i was 20 and it was a it's a small theater in colorado the historic jones theater and they have a little tiny um shakespeare festival called shakespeare and the sangres because it's the sangre de cristo mountains out there and I was hired to play Titania in Midsummer Night's Dream and a bunch of roles in Macbeth. And then I got there and they didn't tell me beforehand, but they were like, oh yeah, we saw you have sword training. You're going to choreograph this. And I was like, oh, what? And I was <laughs> young, I didn't know better. It wasn't in my contract. They weren't paying me extra, but I did it. And it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and from that though, I, I learned better. On that, like, oh, I should be contractually obligated, and they need to tell you ahead of time, and (laughs) they should get not sharp swords, because that was another. What? (laughs) Yeah, I ended up slicing. Oh, it was terrible. They were like, hang on the wall swords, those really terrible, rickety ones that are not for fighting. And I, I cut my hand from like here, like across, like right on this area, and it was like right on the webbing. Oh, it was awful. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. That's
2: I know. Weird. I convinced them. I was like, you need to, like, go weld these better together and file them down because this is horrible. But, you know, you're so young and standing up or paying you is hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. Oh, but, gosh. Um, um,
2: after that, I, you know, pursued more training and looked into it. More, because I, I love doing Shakespeare. It's, like, something that my career has done a lot of. Um, but you would ask, like, the direction, like, how do you become a fight director? Mm. Like, there's, like, a million and one ways. There's no, like, set path, you know? It's kind of, if you want to do it, talk to people, and mm-hmm. you can find a way. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can find someone to mentor you. Sometimes you're just, like, really adamant like me, and you just show up all the time. Just, like, be there. You in it. Just be there all the time. I think, sh- what is it? I can't remember
1: who said it, but showing up is 50% of the, the success, isn't it? It
2: is. Yeah.
1: So uh, you got roped into being a fight director for a small production of Midsummer Night's Dream.
2: And Macbeth, yeah.
1: Uh, oh, sorry, Macbeth, sorry. And, uh, and, be- and they, they thought, well, you've done this before. Clearly you're an expert. Um, you can be in charge of that and kind of left you to it with a load of wall hangers. Um, yeah. it sounds like quite lucky that the injuries weren't more severe. Um, oh, yeah, because was... like wall, wall hangers can break just from just being waved around, let alone hitting anything. Oh, I um,
0: know.
2: <laughs> I my, my Macbeth and my Macduff, I think my they were both on the older side, and my Macduff had like back problems I, I think and then my beth had just had a hand surgery it was like the saddest fight it was not interesting at all. it was terrible <laughs> but they did it no one died and it's they were like really slow so
1: as a fight director what's one of your signature choreographies what's you know what's something that people can recognize as your work in a fight the kind of thing that you tend to do a lot of
2: gosh, you know, to be perfectly frank, I I, I really like when I go in, I don't come in with like any preconceived choreography. I really like to like, work with my actors and one because you never know what they can do. And like, you Mm -hmm. might come in, person's like, Hey, I actually can do backflips," And you're like, well, (laughs) or, you know, a lot of times I have people who have never held a sword and have absolutely no training in it. Mm -hmm. um, Because more frequently than not they won't hold uh fight auditions unless it's like three musketeers or something like really fight heavy but frequently you're not getting people who are trained have to start from like you know ground zero on that work, so I really like to build my choreography. You know with the intention of what these actors are going for you know like how do you feel in this role do you feel this person would attack first we can really build it from their intentions Mm -hmm. and then you know what their skill set is too of making it something that they can feel confident and comfortable performing over and over again since i primarily work on stage so it's like they have to do it eight shows a week and if it's something they don't feel super confident in it's going to be a disaster but Mm -hmm. if it's something they own and like can kind of help choreograph. So there's not. I wouldn't say I have a signature move. I would say I try to throw it like every time there's a disarm. I like throw Angelo disarms in. Oh, but, nice,
1: Angelo. We I, will have a bit of Angelo.
2: Right, and they work so nicely. So it's just fun.
1: So Angelo, I'm thinking wrapping the arm around the sword mm-hmm. arm to then pull away.
2: Uh, yeah. The great one where it's. You know, parrying now low and crossing over and using that like fulcrum action
1: mm-hmm. like that. Nice. So, um, I mean, this is all new territory for me. I don't know very much about fight choreography at all. But um, um what's the when you when you have actors that you have to, uh, as you say, prepare for uh, a production? What kind of people are easier to work with? Is it the people who've got loads of stage of, of fighting experience or the people who are a bit hesitant? Which one is? That's a good question. You know, you
2: know,
1: yeah. Is it someone who's a bit too keen or is it, you know, people who don't really want to do it?
2: <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, a good balance between that. Cause you someone's like a bit too keen often mm. when they, they might be a little dangerous because they're like yeah. so excited and they start swinging around and they're they're jumping ahead before they're ready to jump ahead
1: mm-hmm. uh, or they're not doing the thing you told them to do
2: yeah. <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> no I find it, it, it's really helpful if someone has some sword training sometimes it's hard when like someone has like sport fencing because sport oh. fencing is so different it's um
1: different. I, oh.
2: Like you know, Olympic sport fencing. Um, But because then you have to like kind of deprogram some of what they have naturally trained in their bodies. Um, But honestly, one of like one of the best people I choreographed was spent most of their career as a professional ballet dancer, and picked up choreography and like adding a sword in their hand. They moved so gracefully. I was like, oh my god. They could pick up. Work is often hard, you know, because it's you know, it's silly. But advancing and retreating is just something we don't do. We walk, you know, we pass, Mm. and so advances and retreats are more challenging for people who've never sword fought before.
1: Whereas for a dancer, it's no problem. Doing all the time. Uh, I guess there's that kind of proprioception that comes with dancing. And just knowing
2: where all the body
1: parts are at all times, it makes it a lot easier. Because, like, I don't know about in uh, fight choreography, but in HEMA, the most common uh, area of improvement people always talk about is footwork. Really? Yeah. It's like, what do you need to work on? Oh, I need to work on my footwork. They may (laughs) not even know exactly what it is, but it's like, my feet suck. Like, they're not doing what I want them to do, so...
2: I guess it's a, a common thing. Yeah, I've kind of, I kind of get to the point, like, it's great when we can have some fancy footwork in there. But at the end of the day, like, just get your feet under whatever makes you more balanced and can hold yourself up. Like, in the heat of battle, you need to be able to stand up.
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and that's... It, being on stage as well is like a, a huge challenge because you don't have the luxury of editing. Uh, to make the actors look great. It's all down to them and their performance and obviously your instruction and direction. Um, How, you know, how does that feel? Does that, can that be really stressful?
2: Yeah, well it's interesting because, you know, sometimes in film we get these like ethnically long fights and the battles and everything and if they're able to do it in several shots and, and take the time it needs to really make that look great. But then, you know, on stage, it's how long is a fight really, you know, they don't, they don't last that long. The quick. Yeah. It could be over real fast. And so like, I'd rather have like a real effective short fight than a really long one. But sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I like when over the top. I I had a, uh, another Macbeth cause that's, you spend a lot of time choreographing Macbeth and Romeo <laughs> over and over again um but I had one right before the pandemic that was um Shakespeare on the vine in Murphy's California they're a great little company Mm -hmm. and they they were like we're gonna give you your actors like months ahead of time and so we got to build something like really big and fun and it was a sword and shield and a lot of fun things to work on there but uh, we, we ended up decapitating Macbeth with the shield, which was really fun. <laughs> nice! Billy's really long fight. Yeah, it was so great. It was like, Macduff took the shield and like was going down. It, it was like, it was really fun. <laughs> was
1: really... I like that. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, in Romeo and Juliet, at least, the, in the script, when they have f- fights, it just says, they fight. There's no direction. we presume that the actors at the time knew how to fight and they would have a fight and the one who's meant to lose loses but how much uh, freedom or uh, specification do you get as a director
2: from the uh, production? Well, Romeo and Juliet like in particular yes Hmm. the direction they fight which is is kind of fun you know you just it's open-ended but Romeo and Juliet like in the speeches, like you get all dramaturgical and go through Shakespeare because Benvolio actually describes the fight and what happens, like a lot of the move by move action, Ooh. and it is see the training, you know, from the sword fighters at that time, um, which is really fun to get super nerdy with in Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet in particular. And you, have, if you have actors who are game, you can go real historical and get real martial with it, which is really fun, Ooh. and it. It's supported by the script, and it kind of should be that way. But you can have the argument like, how much has Benvolio tell the truth? Because he's he's Romeo's friend. For those that mm. don't know, you know, is the... he a
1: reliable narrator?
2: Exactly. Mm. And so you can kind of get into that dramaturgical question. But at the same time, yeah, if you're thinking of the audiences of Shakespeare, or I was having a conversation the other night, the Greeks. Most of their audiences had seen violence in in another way than we have. They have a very different relationship. Like the Greeks in particular, most of them were veterans, so they really understood in in a, a primal sense what it was to be like in war and to understand that. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of PTSD scripts that they didn't have the words for PTSD. Mm-hmm. At the time. So it's really. um, the greeks in particular there's there's a company uh there's a book out called theater of war that goes into it the, of work with veterans but there's like shakespeare with veterans as well that that takes people and works through they do they do scenes from the historical plays and delve into like what that means that's
1: pretty really interesting so like with modern day veterans was that you could, they're looking at uh historical fight scenes as a, a, a form of therapy i
2: guess yeah yeah exactly you know a way to rel- not having to use their own words but also being like hey people you know 400 years ago are feeling what i felt mm. and that, that's a great way to feel understood i would imagine and, and like share that connection and be like oh wow <laughs> shakespeare actually is writing about things that i've gone through Well,
1: Shakespeare is therapy. I never thought I'd hear about that. that, You know, it it makes sense. I just, yeah. For people who've, you know, been affected by uh, fighting. Um, So we've talked about your fight directorship uh, skills and your, your love of Shakespeare and and sword fighting. Now you also have uh, another string to your bow. You are a fantastic artist. And that's how I came across you in the first place. Because um, during the pandemic, you um, put out a lot of merch, and I, I bought one of your um, face masks. And it was the one with all—it <laughs> was the one with all the pole arms. And I lost it. I was so gutted. It was my favorite. Um, and I forgot what does it say. It says "stay away" or pe- uh... "social distance." Perish. social distance or perish okay so it's like the implication is that you, you perish either from the pole arm or from you know illness so um yeah that's some, yeah, not nice um so <laughs> true true edge art is the name of your brand and um, just tell us how you came up with the the concept and what your aim is with true edge art
2: Yeah, no, that's so exciting. I'm a fan of yours, so it's cool to see you you had a piece of mine. (laughs) Um, True Edge art. Yeah, I started in the pandemic, and really, like, my first series of pieces was... I've been so deeply involved in the Society of American Fight Directors for a a number of years now, and we have eight different weapon disciplines that you certify in. And I was like, I just want to do, like... I want to make a piece for each of those certifications. And so that, you know, you can kind of have one, if you, if you get your cert, you could be like, I got the sticker for it or something fun. And I I put it out and I didn't really think much of it. I, I, in the pandemic, I all of a sudden had a bunch of time. I guess that's a group of, here I was, I had this idea for years that I wanted to do this. And kind of invest more in my art, but I was so busy fight directing and, and being in shows and it takes so much of my time and especially, you know, like theater doesn't pay great in the States. Um, And so like, you're kind of like putting together all of these jobs to try to make ends meet and I never had time to do my art. And then the pandemic happened and there was no, there was no theater. Um, And, you know, I had 14 contracts canceled and I was like, well, shit, what am I doing now? (laughs) Um, and so I finally had this time to invest in actually, you know, my, my visual art. And I was like, okay, I want to do sword theme art. Cause I love swords. I like drawing swords. And I think my community, we have like a, a love of t-shirts. <laughs> there's always like t-shirts for every, every workshop. Um, any stage combat workshop, there's like a t-shirt and, and people, excited about it so it was like I can do you know fun sword themed t-shirts for people and then it just kind of like took off that people were actually interested and I was like oh this is like a a niche that I love and I like filling and I've met so many wonderful people through it and other artists and other fighters like a lot of wonderful HEMA people um and getting to design tattoos and all of this stuff that just kind of it snowballed. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this then <laughs> keep doing it. It's so fun. And it's taken a little bit of a backseat as some pandemic uh, restrictions have been lifted, I guess. So like with theater back up, then there's some other work that's been popping up, mm-hmm. but I have a, like I'm working on a book right now with a friend and who's mm-hmm. who I met. <laughs> and you know, another friend wrote a book about sword fighting that I'm trying to illustrate um, all these fun little things. It was like, Oh, this would have never happened if I didn't just put it out there and see what happened.
1: Now, when you say illustrate and it's about sword fighting, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about the book, but um, a lot of your art on the true edge art is, uh, how do you describe it? Um, it's not necessarily demonstrative stuff. It's not people fighting its swords and um flowers and all kinds of stuff it's just pretty artistic renditions of swords um so for the books that you're working on is it similar to that style of art or are you doing more like
2: diagrams and you know how
1: people fence and stuff
2: well the first book is a sword fighting friend but she wrote she wrote a, a a feminist parody book that is uh, Odes to Cat Collars. Okay. <laughs> one panels that go with up. Yeah, it's it's great. I I will let you know what it's about. It's fabulous um, and very funny. But it's it has no swords in that one. Oh, but okay. A lot, um, a lot of accompanying art to the piece. Like, you'll have a poem like of someone who catcalled someone, like all real experiences of like a semi-truck driver who honked at them. And it's like, what are they expecting? It's like the expected response. Um, And so like, there's, I have one that's like someone with post-it notes all over them. It was like someone was leaving post-it notes at their workstation that were, you know, sexual assaulty.
1: Okay. So it's like Uh, illustrations for for poems basically
2: yeah and then the other piece is like a friend a sword fighter wrote a book about stage combat, and Ooh. it will be more people involved with like swords and like what it's like to be on stage with swords and silly costumes and fun things like that. It's very uh uh silly it's like the alphabet going through. I've been meaning to do that one for years. it's been a so I'm just like, I need to do it. <laughs> and
1: which you know is this something that you'd like to keep doing doing illustration for uh for books or is it just something you're doing for
2: friends at the moment no it's something I would like to keep doing and particularly like I love comic books Um, graphic novels uh is that something you'd like to do yeah that is something I'd really like to do and it because I think it blends like what true then and also my storytelling and, and stage combat and and acting of uh, here we got stories but in visual format and I can take you know my experience with fighting and my knowledge of fighting and, and put it on in you know a visual form rather than well I guess I guess the stage is visual format too but you know it's live action a non-live action visual format <laughs> so yeah. go do that and it is um you know, it is more people, not the swords just with flowers and things like that, mm. but take, you know, awesome. more of that traditional graphic novel style.
1: Awesome. I'd love to see that. Um, so it's half past the hour, so, uh, wherever you are in the world. Yes. Um, and that is uh, your cue, the nine of you who are currently watching. If you'd like to ask Sydney a question, whether it's about fight directions direction, whether it's about illustration, whether it's about swords or or anything that we've discussed, um, please, if you just uh, tap on the button at the bottom of your phone screen, it looks like a speech bubble with a question mark in it, just uh, enter your question there and we will read it out and do our best to answer. Or you can ask in the comments, but if you ask in the the button down the bottom, we're more likely to see it. I'm just going to have a quick scroll and see what the folks at home are saying. I've seen a lot of people dipping in. Um, Roberto Martinez Loyo says, hey Sydney, so cool to see two people. I like so much getting together. I think you met at an event. (laughs) Uh, One time. Um, So that's a mutual friend of ours. Canuckle Guy said can confirm. I think that was when you were talking about um, sword fighting as our former Therapy for veterans. so
2: that was, I know Laurie. Laurie has a, a tattoo designed.
1: Ah. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who like ex service people who do HEMA, and I do wonder if that is a reason, well, one of the reasons why uh, people get into HEMA. Uh, a book says, uh, Oh, that AJ Garrigus. Uh-huh. Uh, oh he was he was referring to art and also therapy just confirming in the comments there right we have a comment uh question um Ah, oh, roberto says i just want to say hi to two of my favorite sword girls hi. hi and cole blaine says uh sydney how has your study of clown informed your fight choreography i didn't know you studied clown
2: I did. I actually moved to to San Francisco for clown school with that's my friend, David. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, one, that's a great question, David. And two, I think it's helped out a lot to be honest. I think clown, um, allows you to be open and responsive to To the world around you. And I think when you're in a fight, you need to be open and responsive. And so often, you know, our, my actors are really stuck on like what the choreography is. And it's like, no, look at what's open. Like mm. we're going to logistical sense. We we don't want to sort of fight. Yes, we want it to look pretty cause it's on stage, but we also want it to be, it, 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 it to make sense. Mm. And, for, and for the actor, it should make sense to the character of like, oh, hey, your femoral arteries open. That's what I'm going to go towards. That <laughs> <laughs> bringing in that that sense of openness and, and vulnerability is really important into some into choreography. As well, and also I love I love choreographing comedy. It's yeah, my, yeah.
1: So like slapstick, that kind of stuff.
2: Oh yeah, I got to do a stair fall right before the pandemic, um, and it was so good. It was like. A big staircase that went around, like it started at the top, went down, had a platform here, and then down again, and had another platform, and then down again, and we got someone who who got to fall down the whole thing, and great. Right.
1: <laughs> and you have to organize that. You to yeah, like, that.
2: hurt like. Like, like we had our stairs padded and, and how it went. Like my actor is someone I've I've worked with several times before, um, who's very talented and, and we figured out something that worked that was he was able to do for the run of the show over and over again, but was absolutely ridiculous and <laughs> looked painful but wasn't. <laughs> Good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like you going, Oh, you played that really well. You look like you're in agony. Yeah, I was. <laughs>
2: Right, we are like, uh, no, I really got hit. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I think this might be a, a relative of yours, Sloan oh, Swint. <laughs> Your <mom. laughs> Hi, Mom! Uh, now, of course, this is a typical mum question. What's the most dangerous fight that you've
2: choreographed?
1: Choreographed, not been in.
2: Uh. <laughs> uh, well, Mom, I hope they all look dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are actually dangerous, is the goal. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say, you know, like the one I hope that looked the most dangerous would be that, that Mackers that I did because I had them for such a long time ahead of, you know, ahead of when we're actually in rehearsals that we got to build a really epically long fight, which was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, be- Macbeth is like such a challenge to choreograph because they have big, long speeches in the middle of it. Like, they'll just mm. stop fighting and then talk for a really long time. And it's like, how do you mm. keep going? Those like ah, I'm now going to soliloquize at you for you know five minutes in the middle of our fight. (laughs) What that one? Let's see. I got to do um, a Three Musketeers in 2017 at Davis Shakespeare Festival, which. Um, I think is now Vacancy Arts. They changed their name, um, and there were so many sword fights that happened. Like half of that show was sword fights, Ooh. and top ridiculousness and silly sword fights that are going on through it. That we did like. Um, a lot of jumping off staircases on it into like different sword fights so you'd be sword fighting someone up top and then someone would be able to like jump off this sword or this staircase and then get down here with people and so just like the level of people on stage all swinging swords at the same time that mass battle kind of forming being a little bit of a challenge so So
1: lots of swashbuckling yeah oh my gosh I said to you earlier, there is, a, there is a small chance people won't ask any questions, but I couldn't have been more wrong. We got six in the chamber. <laughs> um Right. Uh, I'll start at the bottom. uh Have you had... Uh, let's open this. Have you had much success cold contacting theatres for fight direction gigs? That's where I am at, and it is getting disheartening. So any tips?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is it's a big challenge. Um, to be honest, I haven't done that much. Um, I have lucked out that oftentimes I'll have been hired as a, as an actor or something with a company and then they realize but you want to know what I do is on my resume as an actor. I don't know if you act as well. I also have fight direction on there. So I, I very prominently put it in everything that I do so people know. So that, even if I just go to an audition they i've I've had it where I go to an audition I don't get the job, but they realize, oh, they saw on my resume, all of this fight training on here, or all my fight training. they go oh, there's fights in this show, and they bring me in later so it's Ooh. something I push in all the other places that i'm in, um and if you can get even if you know someone at the theater i, I hate that there's so much nepotism, you know, but just like dropping in and being like, "Hey." I do this too has, has been really helpful for me. Um, just kind of like anywhere you can place it in is, is great. It's like being the squeaky wheel, the squeaky wheel gets the jobs, I guess. So like, keep doing it. I think the more you, you even cold reach out to people, at least they'll have someone to think of because there aren't a lot of fight directors out there. And I think right now people are getting really booked. So, (sighs) Even if they're like, ah, we called this person and more available. Oh, hey, someone reached out to us three months ago and had said something. So it's it's still worth it to do. I once got yeah. called ten years after I had cold <laughs> resume dropped someone and ten years later they contacted me. So you never know. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, even in the in the modern age with where well, we have information off and get fingertips, people are still useless at um keeping up to date with what's available to them. And uh they do you do still rely on word of mouth for so many things. Um so the message seems to be just keep on keeping on and just make yourself yeah. visible to people um by being yeah. the squeaky wheel, as you said. Um mm-hmm. uh this is one from the comments uh, am dis, am DisN. how have how has your experience with intimacy direction didn't know you did that influenced your approach to fight choreography and can you speak about the philosophy of consent that's a
2: really interesting one yeah ow oh, that is a great question thank you armando <laughs> hi friend <laughs> <laughs> so intimacy direction is for those that, that don't know is something that's more and more prevalent. It's been around pretty much forever, but now has taken on an actual format, which is great. And that intimate moments on stage need to be choreographed. And oftentimes actors were just told, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do a simulated sex scene, or you have to kiss this person and there's no direction. There's no checking in on boundaries and it's been really problematic. Mm. Um, but that work a lot of where intimacy direction has come from in the States and actually in the UK as well, is a lot of people who do fights also do intimacy. Mm -hmm. Really is an incredible crossover on that is like one, there are a lot of moments um, of intimacy on stage and screen. That is also, um, that is also violence, right? Non-consensual moments. And so working with your actors, through consent-based practices is incredibly important. I now put um, like a lot of um, intimate direction, <clears throat> excuse me, and consent-based practices, boundary practices at the start of all of my work, because you don't know where someone's coming from, even with violence. I don't know their Ooh. experience. I don't know how they're going to feel about feigning it. And a lot of times it's my uh, my folks who are more of the aggressive in in the scene the see- someone who has to hurt someone else will have a hard time with it because they're having to hurt someone they care about, you know, another actor, a coworker. And how do you navigate that safely for, for your heart and your brain and it's finding physical and emotional boundaries and ways to tap in and tap out. So the intimacy work has really influenced my fight direction in a positive way. Um, on Or more safe, not just physically safe when we're getting into the fights, but, you know, uh, hopefully emotionally secure in the work that they're doing. Because it can be a lot. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think, you know, it's sex and violence, isn't it? There's a lot of intersection uh, in terms of uh, portraying that on stage or on screen. Um, you are trusting your co-worker or your opponent or your training partner or whatever with your body, um, whether that's to, to reenact a fight or an intimate scene. And there's a lot of trust involved there and so having being left to just get on with it, it as you say in the past has left a lot of scope for abuse uh or just miscommunication or whatever but having it explicitly laid out for people makes it a lot safer Uh and uh you know for them to work in a safer man, more managed way and it's really interesting like compare I, I was having a I, was, I saw a post yesterday about an MMA fighter, I've forgotten his name now, who won a fight by breaking his opponent's arm. And he said, you know, I really didn't want to do that. You know, and this is a real fight. This isn't an, a stage, fought, this, you know, stage fight or anything. And he's like, I didn't want to do that. Really didn't want to do that. And I feel terrible. And like, he's got the belt. He's won the title. But he mm-hmm. said, I didn't want to have to break my opponent's arm to get that and I feel like the worst. And and then I saw, uh, around a similar time, I saw a reel with Mike Tyson being interviewed by William Shatner of all people. Uh, (laughs) And he said, Mike Tyson said that he would cry before every single fight because he didn't like the person he had to become in order to win. Mm. Like you're saying like the, the perpetrator the person who goes in to win and be aggressive like, they can have a hard time with that well people really do and it's the same so like what you're saying in the early conversation is the same with, with veterans um that is part of the you know the the traumatizing experience is being the bad guy and being the person who has to hurt people um that's really in, really interesting sort of confluence of uh of, of approaches there um Right, Um, yeah. Just thought I'd bring that up. Thank you. That is encouraging, said Hotshot about your your advice about um, applying for for jobs. Um,
2: Oh, and
1: go get it. Keep going. Keep on keeping on. Um, Oh, you answered. Oh, that Garrigus about. He said, "Have you ever had to choreograph over a variety of heights and terrain?" And yes, you have. Um, mm-hmm. Right, here's one from Foxhound, my friend Foxhound027, hi, what is the first thing you start with when setting up stage fights? So what's the first thing you do?
2: Mm, that's great. Um, so there are two things that I, I really start with. My first is like what we were just talking about is I work through talking about boundaries and physical physicality for each person and giving actors agency over their own bodies or trying to because that's something um actors so often have been taught to say yes to everything we've Mm -hmm. been if you want the job you have to be for everything and that has often put people in unsafe places where it's like hey i actually had knee surgery and i can't you know bend this knee in a you know in low lunges so like i need to be aware of that that they can safely and effectively that, but oftentimes people will hold stuff themselves because they they don't want to be a bad actor or a difficult actor.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
2: work certain exercises of just um, talking through like this is your body, please say no to me because it gives me a better opportunity to create something that will be safe for you, but also will end up being better for the story because it will be choreographed specifically to that person. So I work through some exercises on that pretty much always first now and then the second thing that i do is i talk about story um so like yes first thing for me is always safety and then the second thing is storytelling how can we tell this story efficiently effectively and also their story because mm-hmm. like how romeo and Juliet have been done but how many times has this group of people done romeo and julia and they're and their their impulses are going to be different so i want to be able to honor that and come in and and see what they envision for the fight of like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I like imagined, you know, uh, Romeo was really angry and he just loses it. And I want like a primal scream or something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Let's work with that. <laughs> or, you know, maybe it's like, oh, I figured I wanted like a silent moment for this. And, like actors often come in with some sort of creativity for themselves want to hear their their vision for what they're doing so i can help bring that to the piece as well as the director's vision and then kind of hone them all in and craft make a little amalgamation of a fun fight
1: oh sounds like like alchemy (laughs) um so um this is a question of mine and it's (laughs) to do with sword fighting and it's to do with hema uh how much sort of contact have you had with hema historical
2: European martial arts. Yeah. Um, so, much more in recent years, I think uh, the past, I don't know, uh, six or seven years, he and stage combat have been a, a lot more coming together, which is great, because like, a lot of <laughs> full stage combat for those uh, who have, even in films, uh, was not very historically accurate And there was an argument that historically accurate fighting is not as interesting to watch, which Mm. I think most of us here can attest that that's not always true. Mm -hmm. It can be fun and really interesting and can add a whole nother level to the fights. Um, So in a lot of my stage combat training, actually, um, people have been bringing more so. Um, A lot of friends who who have been mentors as well have started training. Like, specifically, I, I think a lot of longsword has in the last 10 years of like, it used to be really uh, just hack and like hacking away. And you can kind of see that in a lot of 80s films with long swords. you know, a lot of those real bad B movies that are so fun, but like, Ooh. ridiculous. Um, and so rather than like, I haven't gone to HEMA tournaments before, but i have worked with HEMA folk who have come to stage combat workshops and start working on um, bringing these two worlds together because you know when we're doing uh, martial arts are a lot of stage combat too i'm like you know we're not actually trying to kill that person we're trying to win a fight but how can we take those principles of these these uh skills and apply them in a way that wins the fight versus like to tell a story mm-hmm. and there's a lot more crossover than we think there is
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's nice to see it come together more than it has in the past um, but i think i had been mentioning to you once i settle down somewhere because i am a bit all over the place these days i'd really like to find a club and go and see i'm i'm i get a little like i hate competing in things i'm like not a competitive person that's you why i not to compete sports. I'm like, I want to
1: hang out. <laughs> no, there is no obligation to complete. Complete? Compete. It's uh, completely uh, optional and not something that you have to do. Uh, I, I know some clubs may have a lot of competition, may enter a lot of competitions, but that isn't the focus. I think my, most clubs, they're focusing on trying to learn the techniques, basically. Um, it's interesting that you say that, uh, in, in recent years there's been a lot more people practicing more of the longsword uh, techniques in fight choreography. Uh, so all I'm taking from that is that there are more people with a HEMA background doing stage combat, or stage combat folks are going into HEMA, well, or kind of, there's some kind of crossover happening yeah. anyway
2: exactly there's like a crossover and i know there's like certain people like i think particular in the the society of american fight directors who are like actively trying to bring it in because like we're seeing a lot of shifts in in how we're looking at stage combat in the last um several years of like there's you know some old school like effective but like we can teach more complex choreography in a Two folks who don't have that training still, and they'll pick it up. It's just how we teach it, you know. And yeah. I think part of that is bringing in some historical styles because that also gets actors excited. You know, when it's a historical piece, it's like, hey, this is from that time period, and like actors are all nerds. We're all <laughs> in history. we're like, yeah, that's great. Tell me
1: more. <laughs> when you were t- when you were training fight choreography, uh, yeah, stage combat. Did you? Uh, was it all just um standards stuff or was some of the stuff you're learning was any of
2: it historical at the time uh, when i first started <clears throat> there was a little history but not very much Mm-mm. at all like, like that first class i did it was like nope none <laughs> and then <clears throat> then when i went and did the society of american fight directors workshop We had a little bit. Like there was a little bit of conversation about it. Alhofer was brought up and you know, I went out and bought my manual. Mm -hmm. but it was less it was less of a focus on that and more of like, hey, here's where this came from.
1: Right.
2: The context. Yeah. Mm. And so introduction but not application.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh let me just see we've got a couple more questions in here.
2: all i got a a notification i have a timer i forgot on my my instagram and facebook and it told me i have five minutes so i was like i don't know how to turn that off oh
1: no (laughs) hang on i was just gonna uh you this is from uh Oh, that a j Garrigus, you are doing so many awesome things, plus you are on a great track. Do you have any particular goals for your career?
2: Mm. Mm. oh god I I, feel, I just like I like everything I do, and I sometimes I do too much, which I think is like, <laughs> the the artist problem I'm sure you understand it's like there's so much fun things to learn and to do out there um just not enough time not enough time yeah like. Uh, goals continue like make a, as being an artist I would like to like actually make enough money to like have a retirement fund <laughs> like a goal it's like I'm getting old. I have to start thinking about those things yeah uh, but really I mean it's been like a transitionary time for me the past I think for most people the past couple years like a lot has been shifted and growing and, and I'm trying to see what I want to do like I've I've had some different opportunities the last year like I, I I got a professor for a semester which was like the first time I got to teach a full track and finding out oh I really liked but I also really like this art so it's like oh I want an adjunct position place somewhere where I can like spend time during the day drawing and painting but then fight direct so I want to do everything I want to do and figure on it like all it.
1: oh okay brilliant i think that is the perfect question and answer to finish on uh that just leaves me to say sydney schwint uh schwint thank you so much for joining me i went all german there uh <laughs> thank you so much for joining me uh it was lovely to speak to you
2: oh it was so nice to, to meet you in person and, and talk to you well i guess over over virtual world so thanks so much for having me this was great take care
0: Bye. bye We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To show your appreciation, please give us a five-star review on your podcast platform or support our work by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Go to at swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews or visit bythesword.net to learn about our events or visit our Facebook page bythesword the sword. Thank mm-hmm. you.